0: Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our pastor, Mike Shepline, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. We have been in a series, and the title of it is Page Turning. Everybody say page turning. Page turning. It's a theme that we see between God and His people over and over and over again, In the Bible. In other words, living in God's best is directly linked to me learning how to page turn when life doesn't go how I think. How many of you can say that for 2020? it's like okay life didn't go the way i thought and and it was crucial when we when i say that in the bible a theme of god with his people is it's crucial that it that they if you look at this that god led them so that he so that they could experience all that he had for them in their journey with him and you know the bible says that everything that was written in the Bible that we read of, that we currently read as we read our Bible, like Mike Mike alluded to Exodus. It says that it was written for our example that we would learn from it. That we would look and we would glean. How many of you like learning from other people's mistakes? How many of you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do that one again. Is in in what it is, is that you you see times in the in the Bible and, in people that whether it's David, whether it's Moses, whether it's Abraham, that God spoke to them and He led them through page turning experiences in their life. And the reason being is that one of the greatest hindrances to God bringing real transformation and change into our lives is we get stuck on the bummers of yesterday. We get stuck on this experience we get stuck on they did this or or they did that and we and whenever we get stuck we're not seeing God is faithful and in charge or maybe true to his word and so it affects our faith and seeing him come through in our life and we just kind of stall and stay in that spot and last week I read a I read a, a passage in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 and 12 that maybe some of you it's a life verse where where God spoke to them and He said, I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, and the plans that I have for you, they're for good and not for evil, for a future. And God just encouraged them in verse 11 and 12. But if you read verse 2, what you find out is that they're in captivity they're in a difficult spot and it was self-inflicted. I think all of us can relate to that. We've had times in our life where we've self-inflicted a spot where we're at and we're saying, "God, I just want to I just want you to just page turn this situation. I just want to move forward." But God spoke to them and what he what he spoke to them is he basically said, "Hey, I know where you're at. I see where you're at. It hasn't changed my plan." And then what what I love is if you read verse 13 and 14, which is right God telling them, I know the thoughts and the plans, is God said, this is going to be your part. He said, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be set found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I will bring you home again to your own land. Notice, they're in a difficult spot. God speaks to them and says, hey, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. They're for good and not for evil. But then he, he quickly rolls into, he said, you need to look for me wholehearted while you're in that particular place. I like to say it like this, is God loves to teach old dogs New tricks. How many of you are with me? Where it's like, okay, I'm an old dog. God, in the in human carnal tendency is to only believe what we've experienced or maybe what we've seen, with an absence of revelation and an absence of the influence from God's word and His presence in our life. And so, what happens is, is we as Christians are going to heaven, but because of a setback experience and not knowing how to page turn, our expectation is just kind of grunting it through and just going through another day. Whenever we want to page turn in our life, we need to ask just two very simple questions. Is number one, am I seeking God? It's not enough to just say, I don't like where I'm at, and God, will you do something? It's am I seeking God right now in my life? And the next thing is, is what does his word or the Bible say in this area of of my life. what does God say about this area of my my life? See we cannot like where we're at and not be hungry for God. Try it again. I said we not us okay let me just be clear. y'all not, not anybody online either. It's people we know. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's just it's people we know. We, we cannot like where we're at and not be hungry for God or not know or like what God says and He's calling us to do. We can, we can do that. Look at what it says in, in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And it says this. It says, where there's no vision, and then the uh, Amplified says, no revelation of God in his word. The Amplified Classic says, no redemptive revelation of God in his word. It says, the people are unrestrained, but happy, blessed, Happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. The Amplified Classic or the King James and some other translations say it like this. It says that where there's no redemptive revelation, the people perish. And if you look up that word perish, it's different than maybe what we think. It means to loosen our grip or to let go of and to slip back and cast off restraint. And so when you look at this, is God said that there's two types of revelation in our life. He said there is a revelation of God and a revelation of his word. When we talk about a revelation of God in my life, that is on a personal level. It's incredibly personal. Do you know that God has a personal plan for your life? God wants to be personally involved in your life. God wants to personally encourage your heart. God has a fresh thing for you. God is going to lead You in a very specific direction over your life, and he wants you to have a revelation of that. But the second he says is a revelation of God in his word. This is biblical revelation of truth that every that covers every area of our life where we have an understanding of what God says about the specific areas of our life. In other words, I can, I can, I can know God have been given in my life, know what he's called me to do, but if I'm not open to the revelation of his word on the way that I live, I get stuck. Yeah. I get stuck, and I can have all the aspiration and all the dream. It is not just one, but it's both that cause us to live strong, purposed, overcoming, courageous lives. It's both of them where I stop and I say, okay, God, I, I need both. You know, and when you, when you think about the word redemption, it said redemptive revelation. The word redemption, it means to pay an, a ransom in order to purchase, to rescue, and to deliver. Realize this, that for every page-turning experience that we need to make in our life, Jesus has already paid a ransom to free us from that thing. He's already paid a ransom. He has already paid the ransom. And it's. Almost, I like to say it like this, is that when we need a page-turning moment, is our brain is used to the old roads. And it's like they open a brand new road. It's a toll road, but the toll is fully paid for. And it cuts 30 minutes out of your route. But your brain is used to the old road with the potholes. How many of you are with me? The stoplights. How many of you time yourself in stoplight experiences and you think if I hit this speed, I'll get them all green? How many of you know what I'm saying? I shouldn't. I do that. I shouldn't do that, but I do that. (laughs) But what it is, is in our lives, is the old thinking is possibly God's greatest struggle in our life. Where we've got this old thinking. See, the experience of going through something that was difficult, it was painful, maybe it was unfair, and the tendency is to hold on to it rather embrace than embrace the Lord to grow through it. Where we're holding on to this experience, we're holding on to this thing that we don't like, and the human tendency can just simply be we get stuck. We love God, but we're stuck. And God is saying, I've got so much more. I understand 2020 was not the year you dreamed of, but I am still Lord, and I still have a plan. And I want to show you how to turn that page. You know, when you think about it, is chronologically turning the page on 2020 was automatic. If you go somewhere and you sign your name and you put a date down and you write 11720, they're gonna stop you and say, no, it's 21, 2021 You gotta fix that initially it. because it's not in chronologically or, or maybe expectationally, it is it only happens when you think about our expectation, is if we intentionally say, okay, God, I realize that you are asking me right now. To have a page turning experience on that bummer, on that setback, on that hurt, on that discouragement, so that I'm not stuck and I'm able to embrace what you have for my future. I'm able to embrace what you've got. You know, in page turning, usually the way our beliefs get established is we go through an experience. You go said, look around. everybody in here has had some bad experiences. We've all had some bad experiences. But And and what happens is, is, then I experience this, therefore I believe this. Those beliefs get entrenched when that experience is reinforced through reaffirming experiences or negative interpretations. You say, what do you mean? I had this experience, and so now I'm looking for it everywhere I go, and I interpret it as here it goes again. It's happening again, I and I interpret it. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at Joshua in light of this, in page turning, and what we have found out and what we've drilled into is the way that God led him. I believe that one of the greatest reasons... God put Joshua in the Bible is because he checks all, the, all of the boxes to the biggest hangups to page turning. He checks every one of the boxes. And let me just explain is if you see in Joshua 1, which is where we are, is that Joshua has just been through an incredible, discouraging experience. A father figure and a mentor in his life has just passed away untimely, and Moses had made a mistake, and so Joshua is discouraged. And the next thing we see is that they have been in this place for a long time. God originally began to talk to them about page-turning the nation of Israel 400 years earlier, but for the last 40 years, what you see is that they simply have been stuck. God has tried to lead them, but they have been stuck, and it's an entrenched mindset in them. Joshua is leading somewhere between three and five million people, we could readily say this, that in that crowd, there was every personality type that you could imagine. There was nobody you say, well, my personality is like this. Let me just tell you this. God has led somebody through a page-turning experience that has your personality. God, it, you say, well, this is just the way that I am. It was every personality type God had given a promise to him 40 years, Joshua, 40 years earlier, but because of others' mistakes, he couldn't go in. How many of you would like to get stuck because of somebody else's screw-up? How many of you know what I'm saying? You say, well, what is that? That is God led him to deal with his resentments and his unforgiveness toward those that got him stuck, and God led him in that particular environment. In Joshua 1, God tells Joshua what he's going to do, and then he leads Joshua on how to lead others in turning a page into reality where we stop and we look. It isn't just desire. You're here today, and you're saying, I just want, how many of you right now that just have a come to Jesus auto, um, uh, just a come to Jesus moment online as well? You're right now in a spot, and you're saying, I need a, page-turning experience right now in my life. Just put your hand up. Just put it up. Be on, are the rest of you walking on water? Is there anybody that, that right now you have a tendency due to somebody else, due to a hurt, a discouragement, or a setback, that now it's like I'm dealing with these feelings and this belief because of that experience in my life? How many of you are with me? It's it, every one of us. And so I want to just start in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5 through verse 9. God is speaking to Joshua, and he said, No man will be able to stand before you to oppose you as long as you live. Just as I was present with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and confident and courageous, for you will give this people as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fam- their fathers, their ancestors, to give them. I mean, this has been a problem for a long time. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do everything in accordance with the entire law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. For us, that would be the Bible. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. There's going to be a tendency to get off so that you may prosper and be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will be successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Notice the statement that gets brought up three times. It's this. God said, I need you to be strong and courageous over and over and over again. Page turning experiences, re- they demand that we be strong and courageous where we just say, God, I'm gonna be strong and and I'm going to be courageous. And he and look at He basically said, I want you to be strong and courageous in what you believe is connected to what you see. He said, I want you to be strong and courageous in doing what I direct you to do. I want you to be strong and courageous and realize that what you speak in reality are connected. And he said, I want you to be strong and courageous in dealing with your fears and what would cause you to be afraid. And I want to just back up and I want to just glean four thoughts from these five verses that I believe every one of us can apply to our life. The first one is this, is believing. What I believe determines everything. What I believe, it determines everything. Do you know that what you believe determines the way that you see? Have you ever been around two people and they see the same thing, but they believe differently so it affects what they see? It, it affects what they see. Today, there is going to be a couple of football games on. Any football fans out there, there's going to be a couple of football games on. And how many of you know your belief about one team affects the way you see the other team? It, it affects the way you talk about the other team. How many of you have noticed that? Is See, realize I know that we all believe in Jesus. That is not what I'm talking about. But whenever we're saying, God, I want a page-turning experience, we must assess what do I believe. This takes my faith out of the abstract and into a personal relationship with God. It's living. It's life-changing. It totally changes my existence and my quality of life. Faith is not made to be some sterile thing that you only go through on a Sunday morning. Faith is meant to be life-changing and powerful, and it affects every way that I live. It affects every way that I live. This is what God always intended. Do you remember when Jesus in John 8, the Bible says right around verse 28, it says that these Jews believed in Jesus. And then Jesus, so we know they're believers, but Jesus then turns to them and he said this. He said, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So it's not just believing that Jesus is Lord. It goes beyond that in my life. If I'm going to experience the freedom of God. When my believing begins to change, it affects what I see. It affects the way that I see. What I believe on the inside paints a picture to what I see on the outside. It does. Look at what God said. And he spoke to them about what they believed in verse 5. He said, no one will be able to stand before you. He's speaking to their beliefs to oppose you as long as you live. Just as I was present with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and confident and courageous for you will give this people as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers, their ancestors to give them. See, God's word and his promises must affect what I believe for it to have a lasting impact on my life. It must, it must affect what I believe or there's no lasting effect. When we, when we preach or when we seek the Lord and we prepare and we do a sermon, our goal is for every one of us. When you come, you leave one step closer, but you don't leave one step closer just because you heard a sermon. You leave one step closer because you got hold of the way God sees you and it changed you on the inside and you're going one step at a time. That's our goal. That's our goal. See, that's why reading and meditating on what God says is so important. When we need a page-turning experience, we've had experiences in our life that are saying the opposite of what God says in and over our life, and the enemy is trying to get us to settle in and get stuck there, and God comes in, and he said, I just want to let you know, you have that natural experience, but I'm greater than that natural experience that you had. Usually in page turning, we start with something natural. Oh, it's an experience that I have that we didn't like. We went through this. Has what I believe about myself and my future been affected by my relationship with God and what he says? Has it been affected? Because it should be affected. Has my awareness of his love and his word affected my inside beliefs about myself. When page turning, God always starts with, what do I believe about myself and my future? And has it been affected by my understanding of him and his word? Has it been affected by that? Because my will will align with what I believe, and it will even reaffirm it. Let me just give you a great example. If God were to show up in your life and maybe you're sitting here and and you're just saying, you know, I just need a page-turning experience. And it's connected to your beliefs. God can do a miracle, but your will will call back to going backwards because your belief system hasn't changed. God wants to change us what we believe on the inside. Do you know that if you study the miracles of Jesus in the Bible, the miracles of Jesus... That 85%, and I challenge you to research it, 80, it's actually about 86%, but I'll just say 85%, of the miracles that the Bible gives us, detailed description of the ins and the outs. I know that there were times that it says Jesus healed them all, and I know that, but the ones that we have detailed description of, 85% of them, Jesus said it had something to do with what they were believing. He said, as you believe, so be it unto you. According to your faith, so be it unto you. The woman with the issue of blood, what did she say? If I may but touch him, I know I'll be made whole. It was her. She believed. She she believed. See, my beliefs must be rooted in something more stable than this natural world alone. They have got to be rooted in something more stable. God is leading Joshua and he says to him, I need you to align your believing with what I say about you. Number two is this, there is no substitute for strong and courageous doing. There's no substitute. Look at verse seven, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do everything in accordance With the entire law of Moses my servant that commanded you in accordance with the word. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may prosper and be successful wherever you go. Why would God say strong and courageous and careful to do? Because there's no substitute for doing what I know. There is no substitute. Turning the page is spiritual, it is mental, It is psychological, but it is also physical in our life. Where God leads us to do things. See, what we do, it reveals what we really believe. I'm going to need to be strong and courageous and do what I know. Okay, God, why would God say he's be strong and courageous? And then he said this, don't turn to the right or the left. How many of y'all know we got 55 reasons why I know? Lord, you let me do this, but that's to the left or the right. How many of you know what I'm saying? God is saying, I need you. Especially, I mean, the biggest thing with us as Americans is we don't feel like it. How many of you are with me? I just ain't feeling it, Lord. He's like, do it anyway. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Strong and courageous. Number three is this, is I must assess what am I full of? You ever hear somebody? They're full of it. How many of you know what I'm saying? You say, what do you mean? It says, what am I full of? They're inferring that that what they're saying is a problem. How can we tell what we're full of? How can you tell what you're full of? What someone is full of always comes out of their mouth. You can always, Jesus said we can tell what we're full of it by two things reveal what we're full of. Jesus said this. He said our money reveals what we're full of. He said that, he basically said wherever you're Money is, that's where your heart is also. If you say, I just love God with all my heart, but I don't put God first in my finances, I'm not saying it, he's saying it. You ain't full of it. How many of you? You're full of it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm saying? But, but the next thing is this, is Jesus said that our words reveal what we're full of. Jesus said, out of the abundance of what's in our heart, our mouth speaks. What's in me in abundance is revealed by my words. Please be with me on this. This is not a gotcha moment. This is an assessment moment where you stop and you say, wow, you know what? I've been talking a whole bunch about this and this and this. And according to God, hes I can see now what I'm full of and I need to get full of something a little bit different than the problem. Look at what it says in verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Look at that statement. God said, I can tell what's in you by what's coming out of your mouth. That's what he said. But you shall read and meditate on it day and night. Do you know if you look up the word meditate in the original Hebrew language, it means to mutter quietly. You ever been around somebody that talks to themselves, Honey. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm saying? You just. You don't have to guess enough. God said, I can, and what it is, is that when we're meditating on what God says, our words show it, our words show it. And I'm not saying be fake. I'm just saying we gotta get deeper. Look at what he said. In that day, so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will be successful. Look at the statement, read and meditate, on it. And I think in our lives read is saying, you know, what am I meditating right now and chewing on in my life? Read is what I just do, maybe you read it right on the screen, but my question to you today is really simple is that are you chewing on what God says about you or is it just a fleeting thought or inexperience that you have on a Sunday morning? Because whatever you chew on, it begins to change on the inside. It changes. And maybe you're here and you say, I realize I love God, but I've not been meditating on what he says about this area of my life. Understand this, it's just simply not baked in yet. God wants you, the more you think about it is it just starts baking in and it affects how you believe on the inside, how you see on the inside, and then you start saying it. See, our mouth is the revealer to what's getting baked on the inside. That's what it does. It's just simply revealing what's baked on the inside. My mouth is incredibly uh, self-revealing. It just, you can just tell. You get around somebody and listen to them. You can just tell kind of what's in them in abundance. In Proverbs 18, it talks about that our moral self will be filled with the fruit of our mouth or the consequences of our words and that we've got to be satisfied whether good or evil. Well, what comes out of my mouth first started in my heart. And God said, you got to get the heart right so that the mouth can begin to change on the inside. James 3 says it compares our mouth or our tongue to three things. Compares our tongue, it says that our tongue is like the rudder of a ship. What is the rudder of a ship? It, the rudder of a ship, as he explains, he said, you got a big giant ship that's going in a direction, but it is steered by one small helmsman with a rudder in the back, and it turns the ship. God said, I can tell the direction your life is going by the words of your mouth. That's what God said. He compared our tongue to a bit in a horse's mouth. You use a bit to turn a horse. God said, I can tell the direction you're intentionally turning by the words of your mouth. And then he said this, he compared our tongue to a spark. He said it can be incredibly beneficial in warming by a fire, but it can destroy and burn an entire forest down. What God basically said is, is he said, are you using your mouth to be beneficial where you're assessing and saying, please, I'm not running around saying police everybody else. I'm saying look at our own heart and say, man, I'm just saying some funky stuff. Where is that coming from? Okay, God, you want to get down in my heart, and I see it. Are you with me? The last one, number four, is this: is I must purpose to be strong and courageous when confronting fears, feelings, and failures. I've got notice what he said, verse nine: Have I not commanded you? I mean, just quick thought: What is a command? Is a command like this. Hey, you think you could? Is that what a command is? What is a command? If you were in Texas, hey, y'all, do this. How many of you know what I'm saying? He said, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Anything that God wants for our life, Satan tries to disrupt it. And the way that he disrupts it is we don't understand what it takes to have page turning experiences in our life. And God is like, I, I want you to do it my way. See, page turning and personal growth require strong and courageous, it won't just happen. We can be growing and sensing God and a freshness in and over our life. Everything is going right, but Satan will try to get us to revert back to something by stirring up fears, by stirring up feelings, by reminding us of previous failures. And what God says is I need you to be strong and courageous and don't go that way. I need you to just stop and dig your heels in and say, you know what? Yeah, that hurt my life. Yeah, that that wounded me. Yeah, I went through that. But I refuse to be led by that. I'm led by God and by God's word. I refuse to let that thing be Lord of my life because Jesus is Lord of my life. And the Bible says that if the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in me, he will make my natural body my natural experiences my natural existence come back to life by his Holy Spirit but I have to stop and say okay God I realize I realize I know that when I stand up here that I believe this applies to every one of us here maybe 2020 wasn't a bummer to you but maybe 2015 or 2010, or some of us right now can reflect back to our childhood and an experience that we had that the Lord wants to bring transformation and renewal to, but we, every time it gets poked at or whatever, we go back rather than say, God, I'm going to, we're going to have a page turning experience right here in my life. Are you with